Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us as we have made it to midweek, and we appreciate you letting us be part of your day, and we hope it's a good one for you. We have lots to talk about, lots of market information. Todd Holtman, lead analyst for DTN, will be joining us. Interesting markets here at Harvest Time. We're going to get a CFAP 1 and 2 update from Richard Fordyce, the administrator of the Farm Service Agency. That's coming up on today's program. And a harvest update from St. Joe, Missouri. Gene Miller, they're in full swing, and he'll give us a report. I was getting texts and pictures uh, from uh, Gene last night as he was wrapping up yesterday's uh, full day of harvest activities. So that's all coming up on today's program. But we're going to start it off today talking with two of the top farm broadcasters in the country. I'm not sure we have enough time to have all these broadcasters on together, but we're going to give it a shot here. Joe Gill, Farm Director at KASM, CASM Radio in Albany, Minnesota. Joe, good to talk to you again. Hey, you too, Mike. I'm not sure you're feeling well. I don't belong in that category. You must have somebody oh. else in line. So No, you're one of the tops. And Brian Winnikins from WRDN, Duran, Wisconsin. Brian, good to have you along as well. Hey, Joe, guess what? We're number one and two. We're number one and two. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you guys, I'll let you sort out the, the rankings there, okay? I'll leave that up to you guys. But let's uh, let's talk about how things are going in your areas. Uh, Joe, uh, as you uh, look at the, the harvest going on there in Minnesota, give us an update. You know, Mike, it's been ideal. It's been such a vast difference when it comes to weather from a year ago. This year here in central Minnesota, just some Outstanding conditions to get fuel work done. A lot of folks are out chopping corn as early as that first week in September. So you see a lot of egg bags, a lot of silos. They're filled right now. We really haven't seen much at all for uh, precipitation here as you go back to August and then through September and here to start early October. So right now field conditions have just been outstanding for a lot of folks. Are they happy with the yields? So far, so good. I mean, everybody's been real happy. We're just starting to see some of the combining uh, going on. Some some fields right now had a report yesterday here around central Minnesota. They were seeing moisture in that 22 to 28 range. Um, but as far as uh, chopping corn, everybody was happy what they saw. They kind of expected uh, what they saw in some areas, even saw, they said, uh, the best they've ever seen. So, so far, they've most of it's been on the chopping, getting the silage put away, uh, you haven't really got in too much into the rest of the harvest yet? No, we're seeing some of the combining going on right now. Uh, we are getting a few reports. I know one report I got from, oh, just the southwest of, of our area here, and they said uh, some of the beans were getting dry even in some areas, down to 9%, and they saw some farmers going out earlier in the morning to to get the combine going, but we're really, I think, on the cusp uh, of seeing the combining really get uh, in the full gear. Okay, let's go to Wisconsin. Brian Winnikins, what are you seeing in your area? Boy, we've had that same beautiful weather, uh, Mike, just like what Joe's been seeing, and it's been very dry here, kind of on the same schedule. Uh, a lot of uh, corn was uh, chopped for silage here uh, in September. Um, we're starting to see some fire risk uh, and fire danger because of the dry conditions, but uh, 
uh, high moisture corn uh, uh, chatted with a producer uh, yesterday. Uh, they were seeing yields from 230 to 250, uh, about 21 to 28 uh, percent moisture on that uh, corn. And uh, for the beans, um, we're starting with the beans. Some have uh, started uh, earlier. Other folks are starting today. I know this, uh, that the beans are starting. I knew that before anyone even, I even saw a combine in the field because the Asian lady beetles have shown up, <laughs> and that's normally a sign that uh, the bean harvest is underway. But we're in that 11 to 12.5% uh, moisture for beans and uh, seeing some yields of anywhere from 50 to uh, the mid-50 bushels per acre. So things are underway, uh, a lot of uh, work going on, and this week the, it's, it's going to really, really pick up because of the weather that we've been having. All right, uh, let's take a look at some of the the other issues that uh, farmers are uh, are focusing on in your area. Obviously, harvest is a big one, but you're both in big dairy areas. Brian, uh, what else is on farmers' minds there right now? Federal milk marketing order. That's That's been the big, there's been a lot of talk about that of uh, there might have to be changes um, uh, to the order. How can we change it? we still got to figure out how it works. But, uh, you know, earlier this year when we were starting to see uh, these really high Class 3 milk prices because of cheese markets, you know, I was saying $3 cheese. I'd never said $3 cheese on the markets. And, you know, Class 3 milk in the, in the $20 and, and higher range, yeah, but then there was the class differentials. And so for some farmers, they really didn't see much of a break or much of a rally in the milk markets. Um, because they had this uh, huge differential. It wasn't as bad in Wisconsin as in other parts of the country. It may have been even a little bit worse where Joe's at. Um, but that is something that, uh, at least the dairy farmers, they are talking about, that there's got to be, this has got to be changed. Joe, how about you? What are you hearing other than harvest in your area? Yeah, same with Brian, too. I got the task of trying to explain that differential, and I, I couldn't. I had to yield to somebody else, but... Uh, we see October futures over 20 bucks, November over 19, so that's good to see. Uh, other things that, that we're seeing here is uh, in the cattle side of things, Mike, seeing some strong feeder prices at our local auction barns as we report on that, seeing uh, four to five weight uh, black steers all the way up to $1.90, $2, over $2 a pound in some areas. And, and uh, that's going to be a welcome sight for a lot of folks who, who look to bring those cattle in here uh, this fall. Well, of course, uh, you, you can't get away from the politics of the season. Uh, what are you hearing from farmers? Are they fired up about this election? Uh, what, what are their, uh, you know, the, the things that are motivating them or, or the issues that they're most focused on in making their choices? Joe, we'll start with you. You know, Mike, I think there's more interest than ever, uh, especially here in our state. You can't drive uh, 10 feet without seeing a sign, whether whoever they're supporting, you're seeing a sign or you're seeing a shirt or a hat or or if you're on social media, whatever it is, I think there's so much interest right now in this election. And you know what? It's so different, too, Mike. There's such a division. You're either on this side or you're on that side, and then you get a select few that are still trying to figure it out or, or not sure what side they belong on. Real quick, Brian, what do you see? Same here. It, it's really, there's, there's a lot of interest. Um, you know, now you see flags, this, that, displays uh, in, in some locations. Farmers, you know, some of the folks I've talked with, you know, depending on who they're supporting, some are kind of concerned about the, the 
still some of the trade issues and ethanol and, and the renewable fuel standard, how that's really going to pan out. And, and then there are others that are very concerned about uh, the uh, consolidation in the ag industry, that vertical integration. And, and you know, they, they look back at what happened at the beginning of the pandemic with all of the supply chain disruptions as proof that there's a problem with vertical integration. So that's something that some of, the, that some of my farmers that I've talked with have, have brought up as well. There's, you know, and there's a lot of interest, but there's also a little bit. I'm starting to get some fatigue as well from everything that's been going on. Guys, great to talk with you. Thanks a lot. We'll stay in touch. Be careful. Stay safe. Have a great day. Good to see you, Mike. Thanks, guys. Joe Gill, KASM, Albany, Minnesota. Brian Winnikins, WRDN, Duran, Wisconsin, two of our AOA affiliates. Great to talk with those guys. All right, we'll talk markets next here on AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, we're talking with Jeff Cooper, President and CEO of the Renewable Fuels Association. We've had the introduction now of the Next Generation Fuels Act, basically raising the octane level requirements in our fuel. If passed, would it be a game changer? Mike, it would be a huge deal for the ethanol industry if this bill were to become law because it, it establishes a much higher minimum octane content for gasoline, and it requires that that octane boost come from low-carbon sources. Well, you look around, there's there really aren't many uh, octane boosters that can boost octane that much and reduce carbon emissions at the same time. Ethanol is really the only game in town when it comes to providing both of those properties. So, yes, this could be a, a, a game changer uh, in terms of, you know, what the next generation or the next chapter of, of transportation fuels policy looks like. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. About 80% of farmers use propane to dry their grain. If you're part of that 80%, you know a dryer filled with propane distributes heat and dries grain more evenly. With FS Propane, you can increase harvest quality, improve productivity, and lower fuel cost. Propane from FS ensures dependable supply. FS offers services and flexible, convenient payment programs to help keep your mind on your business while they manage your propane tank and supply. For grain drying, choose FS Propane. FS Propane brings the heat. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. 
So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, let's talk markets with the lead analyst for DTN, Todd Holtman. Todd, thanks for joining us. You and I were kind of uh, emailing back and forth about how interesting this uh, harvest season is uh, with the markets, uh, the picture changing so much in, in, in just a few months. In this growing season, we've seen quite a change in the markets, haven't we? Mike, I, I don't remember anything like this. I've only been at it for 35 years, so I've got a lot to learn. But uh, when you consider where we were at six months ago and the concerns with coronavirus and was there going to be any demand for our crops, and now uh, you flip the switch, and here we are harvesting two big healthy uh, crops in corn and soybeans. We've got great harvest weather to move it along, and we've got uh, very good prices to reward that harvest with it's just uh, it kind of boggles the mind when you think back how far we've come in such a short time well we see china kind of getting back in the in the buying uh, spree today uh they took the holiday off last week and now we're seeing them pick up sales again yes and, and in fact they're supposed to still be in the holiday but it didn't seem to matter to them so that's just another indication that uh, i think they need those soybeans that they're buying uh, no doubt about that. Their domestic prices remain high, uh, still around 17 and a half bucks uh, a bushel when you convert it to the dollar equivalent. We're still around $9 or higher uh, for their domestic corn price. So their needs uh, continue to look very legitimate. Uh, as you say, they've, they've bought way more than expected this season. And, uh, and, of course, Brazil's out of supply right now until they get their next crops going early in 2021. So this continues to be a, an extremely bullish scenario for both corn and soybeans. The The only caution here is, you know, we're getting up to some pretty high marks and uh, we've got a very heavy speculative uh, participation in this market, especially in the soybeans, I should say. So, uh, you know, we're, I think we're setting up for a very volatile uh, market and, and uh, it bears, uh, I think uh, producers want to be a little careful with it. What did you make of the stocks numbers that were released a few days ago? Well, of course, the big surprise uh, in the grain stocks estimate was corn coming in 258 million bushels, less than uh, what they expected as ending stocks in September. And so we all had to get our erasers out and uh, make that adjustment again. There was not a great explanation uh, in my mind of uh, just exactly uh, why that was. We'll get some more clues in Friday's WASDE report when they uh, kind of parse out uh, how they see that uh, that adjustment working through the balance sheet. Um, I think many of us still suspect that the 2019 corn crop was uh, less than USDA had been estimating all along, but uh, probably in Friday's numbers we'll see uh, much of that adjustment show up in the feed demand category. So uh, that uh, kind of contentious conversation will continue about the 2019 crop and, and how that all turned out. But the bottom line is it's hard to argue with those uh, 
September one grain stocks, and uh, that's where they are. And now we're probably looking at about a 2.2 billion bushel ending stock estimate for the new crop season instead of the 3 billion estimate that uh, we were talking about not too many months ago. We're talking with DTN lead analyst Todd Holtman. So, Todd, you're talking about volatility in the markets. Um, with farmers out in the fields combining, still thinking about what to do, what to sell, what to hold on to, how much to sell, how much to hold on to, what are you telling them? Yeah, well, uh, we have been uh, selling at, uh, and scaling up as the price has gone higher. So as far as this year's 2020 crops, we've already met, recommended 75% uh, sales in this crop. And, uh, of course, it continues to go higher, and we'll uh, uh, participate on the last 25% of production uh, with anything that wants to get a little crazy here, perhaps this fall or uh, early winter. But uh, for, for the old crop, we have to take advantage of these good prices. And um, for looking ahead into 2021, we've made an early recommendation for December corn on just 25% of the crop. I wouldn't go much more than that. Uh, right now, but on soybeans, uh, I don't even want to make that kind of commitment yet because we, we do legitimately have uh, the possibility of a very tight supply situation in world soybeans ahead of us. Getting back to what we said earlier, this is an opportunity that was totally unexpected not that long ago, so you have to be able to be ready to take advantage of, of what the market's giving you here. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, so many of us, uh, we, we try to analyze uh, these markets to death and figure it all out. But the bottom line is sometimes our expectations don't serve us well. And we can think back just a few months. It looked like we were going to have a huge corn crop and a huge carryout. And it was hard to see anything bullish about corn. Yet life changes. The world changes uh, oftentimes in surprising and unpredictable ways. And that's my caution about uh, getting a little too bullish right now is, Things do uh, legitimately look much better, especially in the case of soybeans. But uh, just even thinking back earlier this year about the surprise of the global pandemic and how that uh, upset a lot of things, uh, I I think we have to really uh, take these high prices seriously, uh, especially when they're good for our farms and our our financial budget, and, and weigh that heavily. Uh, and, and not be too carried away with any expectations we might build from what we think we know about the future. Of course, this is our time, as you pointed out, with South America out of beans especially, but they're in planting season now, so we watch closely their weather and what impact La Nina could have. Yes, uh, and of course, in central Brazil, it's been dry, so the planting progress has been slow for that soybean, and that's helped the expectation that we're going to do a little more excuse me, soybean export business here in the U.S. La Nina tends to uh, give South, southern Brazil and Argentina, uh, Argentina a drier climate uh, in the season ahead. So, yeah, we will be watching that very carefully. Uh, and that, of course, also bodes into the U.S. southern plains. Uh, we have a drier expectation. And, and, of course, that's one of the reasons helping the wheat price right now. Right. And, you know, I, I almost hesitate to talk about next year. We just basically talked about how things have changed so quickly this year, but it would seem to be setting up perhaps for more soybean acres for us next year. Yes, and we need that. 
uh, Mike, we need a healthier balance. I think it was very good when we had close to an even split of corn and soybeans. It would even be good for agriculture to have a strong third crop option uh, in there. But it's, it's just not good when the soybeans were so depressed and we were mired down in our trade dispute and all the planning uh, fell heavily upon corn. That's not a good mix for agriculture in general. And we need to get back to a healthier, more balanced situation. That that would be good for uh, all of agriculture. And so I look forward to that as one of the benefits, I think, in 2021. You mentioned wheat. So often we talk, we look at these uh, burdensome global wheat stocks. Uh, what's your scenario uh, for wheat moving forward? Well, uh, it's surprising. You know, it's very easy to pick on wheat and be bearish on wheat. All the long-term trends have been down. Our our market share of uh, world wheat production has declined over the years. But we're still the, the second largest exporter, or at least we're in a close contest for number two. And uh, so that's one reason we're seeing such a strong wheat response right now is because exporter number one, Russia, is coming up dry during planting season here. And uh, if that carries through to early next spring, that is a a legitimate uh, bullish uh, price factor uh, for wheat uh, and uh, something we haven't seen in at least eight years. So it's been a long time. And uh, when we talk about winter wheat, keep in mind the spot price for both Chicago and Kansas City has had a hard time trading above $6 a bushel since about 2015. So today... Uh, we're knocking on the door and actually peer, poking a little bit above that $6 mark on the Chicago contract. Kansas City still has a little ways to go. So world weather bears watching, right? Oh, absolutely, and probably more this year than ever. And that, that seems to be uh, also behind much of the bull move of the past month. And, of course, we'll be focused on our weather right now, good harvest weather. But there are some uh, concerns about dry conditions here in the U.S., Yeah, that U.S. drought monitor, uh, if you look at the western half of the U.S., there's a lot of serious drought that we didn't have a year ago, and uh, that bears a big concern. And you add in the fact uh, of the La Nina condition that you mentioned, probably expanding those drought conditions into the southern plains, and uh, that it looks very tough for the western plains and the southwestern plains. So uh, that's hitting that winter wheat price uh, right in the gut. Always good to talk with you, Todd. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Mike. DTN lead analyst Todd Holtman. Up next, CFAP updates from Richard Fordyce, FSA administrator. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. Adams on Agriculture prides itself on bringing 
top leaders in the egg industry right to your radio speakers. AOA wants to continue that conversation right to your fingertips. Follow AOA on Twitter at AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams himself at the handle Mike Adams Egg. You will receive real-time highlights of the show and keep up with which convention or industry meeting AOA is attending. That's AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams Egg. We hope to see you online. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Grain and oil seed sector trending higher, corn, soybeans, and in wheat, Chicago wheat rising 1.5% in pre-market trading amid continued talk of a new Russian wheat export quota due to dry weather in that country. An hour into the day, Chicago wheat December up 14 and a half at 607 and a quarter. Kansas City wheat December up 15 and a quarter at 549 and a half. Minneapolis spring wheat December up nine and three quarters at 548. Palm oil ended the Asian trading session higher as that commodity sustained a rally for the third straight day. Overnight strength in soybean oil prices giving some support to that market. Soybean oil trending 20 to 31 points higher. Soybean futures November up 10 and a half at 1054 and a half. January 1054 and three quarters up nine and a quarter. In corn, December new crop up four and three quarters, 389 and three quarters. March up four and a quarter at 398 and a half. For livestock at the Merck and live cattle futures, December up 42 cents at 112.37, February at 115.50, up 15 cents. Feeder cattle, November down 85 cents at 136.65. We are still waiting on cash cattle activity to develop on the week. In lean hog futures, December up 57, 64.45, February near unchanged up 2 cents per hundredweight. At 68.92. The Dow up 404 points. NASDAQ up 125. SP up 41. Crude oil down $1.25. You're listening to AOA. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Do you know how to keep food safe at home? Clean, separate, cook, and chill. The easy lessons of clean, separate, cook, and chill will help you protect your family and be food safe. Let's talk about how to really cook. First, you can't tell it's done by how it looks. Use a food thermometer. Then, always stir, rotate the dish, and cover food when microwaving to prevent cold spots where bacteria can survive. Fast cooking should still be safe cooking. And bring sauces, soups, and gravies to a rolling boil when reheating. Even for the most experienced cooks, the improper heating and preparation of food means bacteria can survive. Food safety risks at home are more common than most people think. The USDA is your partner in being food safe. Clean, separate, cook, and chill. For more information, visit BeFoodSafe.gov or call 1-888-MP-HOTLINE. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Well, of course, at the moment, there's not another COVID aid package, as uh, for the moment, talks of. Uh, ended on that we'll see if they 
come up with anything before the election, but right now it's looking like more likely after the election. So our focus for Ag Aid right now is on CFAP 1 and 2, and with our weekly update is the administrator of the Farm Service Agency, Richard Fordyce. Richard, always appreciate your time. Are you still sending money out from CFAP 1? So, you know, that's a, that's a good question, Mike. And, and, oh, by the way, it is good to be with you this week. Um, we are we are sending out still a little bit of money under CFAP 1. Uh, you know, obviously we had some states that were impacted by some natural disasters where we had some offices maybe closed for a day or two, some disruptions related to either fires in the west or hurricanes in the south and southeast. So there are still a, a few of those still kind of, making their way through the process but essentially cfap one is finished um and uh you know we ended up 10.2 10.3 billion dollars um out the door to producers in the cfap one um program almost 650,000 producers uh that had approved applications under cfap one so um, you know, lots of lots of activity in county offices with CFAP one. Lots of producers certainly um, took part of that, took part in that, um, and filed application with CFAP one. Okay, you had sixteen billion. You've you're going to send out around ten point two, ten point three billion. What happens to the rest of that money? So you know, again, um, you know that would be available for some assistance um, in some in some form or fashion. Um, you know, again, we're talking. Uh, very, very preliminary um, conversations about, you know, about what that might, uh, you know, where that funding might be best suited. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned at the at the top of the show or at the top of the segment, um, you know, it looks like, at least from a congressional perspective, nothing, you know, nothing imminent or nothing pending um, for additional support. So, so again, you know, we're thinking, kind of thinking through what, um, what might, uh, be the best use of those of those remaining dollars at this point. We're talking with FSA Administrator Richard Fordyce. All right, let's look now at uh, CFAP two. How is sign up going for that? So it is it is going extremely well. Um, you know, we're going to have public numbers hopefully tomorrow on uh, on CFAP two. But, uh, you know, our, our offices have been extremely busy. We've had, you know, we've had a lot of folks in, you know, as we talked last week, you know, there's a lot more commodities. There's a lot more different um, pieces of different segments of agriculture that are in under CFAP2. Um, and so we're seeing, you know, we're seeing activity across the country, um, depending on, you know, what that, what those sectors are and, and, you know, obviously some new customers that we've not seen before. Um, so it is, um, it is going quite well. And, you know, we have, we have very large days where we, you know, where, uh, where the, the process where it goes into the payment system and the payments go out and we'll be able to, to be more, um, uh, be able to inform folks more a little bit after that public, after those public numbers are coming out tomorrow. So you said, about 650,000 producers participated in CFAP 1. Do you think that number will be bigger in CFAP 2? You know, I think it will, Mike, just simply because of some some added added commodities, added crops. Um, you know, again, folks that likely didn't participate because what they grew was not um, eligible for CFAP 1, but adding additional additional crops in the specialty crop category, adding some, you know, some specialty livestock, for example. Um, 
you know, a, a little bit more aquaculture in there, um, you know, maybe, you know, the, uh, the nursery kind of nursery crops that, that we're not in initially, you know, are in and CPAP too. So we do anticipate more producers uh, that, that will participate in the CFAP 2 program than what we had in CFAP 1. And how much money do you have for CFAP 2? So CFAP 2 is, uh, is funded at $14 billion. That was, uh, th- those were the dollars that were in the CARES Act, the replenishment of CCC and the CARES Act. And, you know, and congressional intent for the replenishment of that $14 billion was to was to do additional um, support to folks impacted by the COVID uh, COVID nineteen pandemic, and so um, so that's that was that, that that has been kind of our direction since that replenishment into CCC was to use that fourteen billion um, for uh, additional relief related to COVID nineteen. And money is already going out in CFAP two. It absolutely is. Yes, sir. Um, you know, if a producer, uh, you know, makes application, that application goes through a very, you know, a very quick uh, approval process there at the local county office. It's submitted for payment. You know, a producer potentially, you know, could make an application, finish that application. It goes through the local process there of being approved. Um, you know, they could see they could see money, you know, in their account um, within a few days after after that application. Um, you know, that's the obviously best case scenario. Others may take just a little longer than that. Um, but yes, we are, we're making payments, um, right now. I've had, I've had a number of producers that I've talked to that have reached out either, you know, via text or phone, or maybe even the odd email saying that they'd applied and have already been paid. So, um, so very, very happy about that. Certainly from the agency's uh, ability to administer the program, and then just the systems that we have in place. And, you know, this is the time of year when we make our ARC and PLC payments, when we make our CRP rental payments, um, you know, and we have over the years built up a very dynamic system that can run huge payments, you know, overnight, can, can issue payments to hundreds of thousands of folks, like in the case of ARC and PLC or the CRP rental payments. Um, and so we, we utilize that very same system um, for CFAP, CFAP2, you know, and some of the other programs where we have put, you know, very large dollars, you know, out to producers. So um, that system is something that I, I truly am amazed by almost every day is how we can feed this information into that payment system. And those payments are are, um, are issued literally overnight. So um, it's something I think all of us ought to be proud of as as folks in agriculture and folks that participate, you know, in, in whether it's a safety net program, a conservation program, um, or these ad hoc programs, um, is that is that really strong system uh, that issues those payments. Across the country, how are your offices, your county offices, working during this pandemic? Well, you know, we started um, we started at the at the initial uh, onset of the pandemic, where we basically told folks to go home and work from home and telework. And you know, I don't think we had a day um, where if a producer needed to contact the county office that someone didn't answer the phone. Um, now they may have been in their own home when they answered that phone, but they did. And as we've as we've kind of you know progressed through the pandemic, we 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 work very closely with our homeland security division. We work very closely with the folks on the ground there, either departments of health or 
um, you know, the local leadership. So the county executive director working in concert with local officials to open up in different phases. And so uh, I'm looking at the update uh, as of this morning. Um, we have 362 offices across the agency that are in phase three, which basically means producers are allowed to come in the office. All of our employees are in there. There's a little bit of a screening that takes place on the front end, but, um, but that's 362 offices. 850 offices are in phase two. That means everybody's back in the office. We are taking uh, producers in on an appointment-only basis. 960 offices are open with all the employees in the office, but we're not taking uh, producers in. And then we still have around 500 offices, uh, depending on where they are scattered across the country, um, that are still there. There are there are people in the office, but it's not the entire staff that are back in. So, kind of across the board, Mike. Um, but we've done this. We've done this very deliberately, and we've done this with you know obviously the safe and health of our, our employees, the safe and health of producers that interact with us. Um, but, you know, we are trying to be as aggressive as we can based on science and based on what's going on on the ground to be able to get those offices back to a more normal operating status. And finally, Richard, um, what are your thoughts on the pace of sign-up for CFAP2? With harvest going on, do you think that slowed the pace of sign-up, or, or do you think it's uh, pretty much what you expected? I've not really seen a, a, a slowdown, and I know, obviously, harvest in parts of the country is an absolutely, it's absolutely in full swing. Um, but, you know, this is, a, this is a pretty, it's a pretty easy application. We do have the ability for folks to um, to start the process online. Um, we do have a, the ability for, you know, our county offices to, to, to help the producer. And, again, depending on the category, you know, it may need a touch, and when I say a touch, very quick touch um, by the folks in the county office to, to finish that application. We can we can email that to producers. They can digitally sign that. It automatically goes back to the office. There are a lot of ways to do it. You know, if they've got an appointment for a CFAP2 application, you know, in the office or they're, or they're having contact with their local county office, it is a very quick process um, to, to do the application. Some of the categories may require just a bit more time because of some of the information the producer needs to provide. Um, some of it is auto-populated based on an acreage report and an, and a, and an APH from RMA. We are, we are able to load that. Um, that actually auto-populates and loads for the producer. So it doesn't take a great long time to apply. Um, and so we really haven't seen a dip. It'll be interesting to see, I think, in the next week or so as, again, harvest is really rolling what that impact has on the on the application uh, progress of CPAP2. As always, Richard, thanks for the update. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. It's always good to be with you, sir. Take care. Richard Fordyce, FSA Administrator. Up next, a harvest report from St. Joe, Missouri. Stay with us on AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. 
Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. The Home Service Club sponsors this paid advertisement. Attention homeowners. Broken AC, $4,600. Water heater, $1,500. Fridge on the fritz, 1000 bucks. You need home warranty coverage from the Home Service Club. For around a dollar a day, if any of your covered appliances and systems break down, HSC will either do the repair or replace them. HSC has over 15,000 pre-screened, highly rated technicians with the fastest response time in the industry. HSC provides coverage for up to 47 different appliances and systems in your home. Call for a free, no-obligation quote from a trusted HSC service specialist about a home warranty for your entire home all backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. 800-434-5301. Call now and get your first month free, plus $75 off your first year. 800-434-5301. 800-434-5301. That's 800-434-5301. 800-434-5301. When you think of home, you think of warmth, comfort, and peace of mind. And that's exactly what you get when you choose propane from FS. With Propane from FS, you get our well-trained professional staff, along with an array of products and services designed to ensure that your propane system is functioning properly and efficiently. Add to this a variety of convenient terms and ways to save money, and you've got the right solution to all your home energy needs. Contact your local FS Propane specialist today. FS Propane. Feels like home. Visit fspropane.com. Young farmers don't listen to the radio, right? Wrong. In a recent survey, 74% of young producers said they get their most important agricultural information from their trusted farm radio station. Surprised? Don't be. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Radio is the perfect companion because it goes with you everywhere. Whether you're in the shop, on the combine, or in the truck, farm radio is right there with you. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, as we examine how the modern cooperative system solves today's biggest challenges. We'll be talking to CHS experts and farmers and ranchers just like you, and we'll learn how cooperatives apply innovation and technology to help co-op owners get more value every day. So join us for Around the Table every Tuesday, or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest.
recently on Adams on Agriculture. Brian Jennings, CEO of the American Coalition for Ethanol. Do you feel that the Next Generation Fuels Act could have an even more of a profound impact on the biofuels industry than the RFS? I do, and it's because it clears all of the market barriers that are out there. The reed vapor pressure stumbling block that we've had in the past. If passed, that barrier goes away. Credits to get the automakers to produce more flexible fuel vehicles restored. Retail compatibility with blends up to E30 taken care of. Um, A high-octane market, something we've always tried to pursue, and we know that ethanol contains um, really affordable octane. It's just that one piece, making sure that they get the low carbon, really accounting for how uh, ethanol plants um, are low carbon on a facility-by-facility basis. That little tweak is made to the bill, and if enacted, it would have a greater positive impact on the rural economy than the RFS. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Let's get a harvest report from Gene Millard in St. Joe, Missouri. Gene, good to talk with you. You sent me a picture last night, your last pass through the field yesterday. Sounds like and looks like things are going pretty well. It's uh, going at kind of warp speed, Mike. I mean, it's been nothing but hot and dry every day, not even a decent heavy dew overnight. Uh, so it's just been uh, nonstop combining. I know where I was running in the field yesterday, it was, it's on a fairly high piece of topography, and I could look and see four different combines running at the same time. I mean, it just fogs the dust in these bean fields because they're getting so dry. So you're focused on beans right now? Yeah, we uh, we we got about two-thirds of the way through the corn acres by, oh, I think it's the 28th of September, and uh, then we switched over and put the bean header on and went to soybeans there about the 30th of, 29th, 30th of September. So we've been running beans ever since. And, you know, we started out on the earlier maturities, the three sixes in our area was an early maturity for us, so we got through the three sixes. Three sevens, three eights, and now we're in the three nines, and we're just kind of chasing maturity. And uh, I think the later maturities are going to be the better ones. Uh, some of the early ones are a little disappointing, Mike. I mean, we thought they had a lot of pods, but they just want the beans in there, and some of them were a little small. Mm-hmm. What about your moisture levels? Is it getting really dry? Uh, yesterday they were running 10. Uh, the day before, we had some that were running nine and a half. Uh, but, you know, we hope to be above that 10 mark because that's just, you know, we know we're losing uh, weight and, and dollars an acre every time they go below 13. And even when we start early in the morning, you know, they might be 13, but it doesn't take long before they start dropping to, you know, 12 and 11 and 10 and you know, by 80, it's supposed to be 88 degrees here today. I mean, that's just 15 above normal for this time of the year. What about your corn yields? Have you been happy with them? Well, the corn yields were, were very good and about what we, we thought they'd be good. And they ended up being good. Uh, and again, we're just not quite through harvesting yet. But, you know, the moisture was kind of slow to come down. So we started, you know, getting in the in the corn when it was about 20, 21. They finally got down to 17 and a half. 
there by the last day we were running in the field. But we had some really good corn. But the thing that was really interesting this year uh, is that there was nitrogen loss, and if you could get that extra top dress of nitrogen on in late June, uh, it did pay off this year. And uh, that was the big significant difference uh, that we've seen is that that got top dress, good, great, great yields, over 200. And this area over 200 bushel is pretty rare. It's not northern Illinois like where you are. Yeah, every harvest season is kind of a report card on what happened earlier in the year, right? Absolutely, because I think the beans, number one, they it was cold through the entire month of May. And that's when the beans were trying to grow, and they just seemed like they were just not growing. And so instead of getting up there you know, uh, above your knees in height. I mean, it took forever for them to get any height because of cool temperatures when they were trying to get started. And then we had a super wet July, which really kicked them in gear. And then August, absolutely the rain shut off. I think we got an inch for the total month of August and uh, ended up, you know, really deficient in moisture when we went into the final maturity stage. This weather has been unbelievable for allowing a fast harvest. I mean, I guess the good news is you keep on going. Uh, maybe the bad news is you could use a break here or there. Well, yeah, that's true. And uh, But we're, we're going to keep plowing ahead and trying to figure out what to do. Uh, you know, we had, we had a staged marketing plan, and we thought that's a prudent thing to do. But I guess the best thing this year was to do nothing. And uh, <laughs> I guess we're going to see beans in the teens. Uh, what's going to happen here? I don't know. How the lines have been at the elevators? Uh, some places uh, very long in the bean line. If you get down to a processor uh, in St. Joe, uh, there's been, uh, you know, 200 trucks in line. But where we're delivering out here, of course, it has quite as good a price, maybe a nickel or a dime less, but uh, we haven't had any disruptions. We've got a really nice facility within 25 miles of us that, really has a system down. It's a brand-new facility, and they know how to flow trucks. And uh, we just have been running six, seven trailer loads a day in, in to deliver our contracts. And, and so we've about got that delivered, and we've got enough room to store the rest of it. So I think we're good to go from here. It's not a matter of keeping everybody healthy and keeping them uh, rested up overnight so they can go again the next day. That's right. How are things going at the ethanol plant? Uh, very good. Uh, we've been uh, really engaged in a in a rather dramatic uh, in, increase in our uh, facility there to uh, double our output of high quality alcohol, and uh, that that's the market we're in. And of course, we're concerned that market may get overdeveloped, overbuilt, and and follow in the same pit as fuel. But uh, the fuel thing is just just still struggling along so no doubt about that but you know our high quality sales for uh, both the industrial uses and beverage and hand sanitizers uh, there's there's customers out there that want high quality product and they want long-term commitments so that they know they can depend on that supply you know not only in 2020 but 21 and 22 already so that part's been going good we've got a lot of people working really hard every day uh, to keep the thing flowing. We've got our board meetings back to monthly instead of bi-monthly because things are moving so rapidly. Hmm. All right, Gene. Well, I guess with the forecast, uh, you, you'll be able to just keep on going, right? Uh, this this well, thing I could wrap up that, uh, quicker than usual. It, 
if it's dry this morning, you can start as soon as you can get there. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't I'm have the to wait. combine operator, and, and I got two sons that are primary uh, truckers and deliverers, and and uh, so it's a pretty good little system here for our little farm. Yep, all systems go. Great. Stay safe, Gene. Thanks a lot. Thanks, thanks, Mike. Good luck to you, man. Take take care, Gene Miller. He farms in the St. Joe, Missouri area. Harvest full steam ahead. All right, coming up tomorrow, we'll talk the ag about the ag economy with AFBF. Chief Economist John Newton, and we're going to get a Washington update tomorrow from Senator Grassley. He ought to have a lot to talk about. That's coming up tomorrow. Hope you'll join us on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines.